Testing. Jazz and Adam here with another episode of the AAC podcast. So, good morning, Jazz. Hey, man. How are you? Good. So, we're going to talk about today is something that we've sort of we've seen come up in a few little conversations recently around the place in terms of the value of what we'll broadly call general training, and by that I mean training that looks absolutely deliberately nothing like the sport, such as strength training primarily, stuff like back squats, trap bar deadlifts, etc. The value of those for sports of, well, athletes of all sports, I should say, and sort of the conversation that stems off the back of that quite often of whether it's worthwhile, and if it is, how does it actually benefit them? So, what's your opinion on where we sort of, where strength training in a general sense fits in with sport in a specific sense? I think going on from our conversation that we had the other day, just general strength training is just an absolute must and whether that's moderate intensity low intensity or high intensity strength training they all have their place for physiological adaptations whether it's maximal motor unit recruitment injury prevention specific muscular stuff it all has its place and it all has its place in their own training phases depending on where the athlete is in their chronological age their training age and their yearly phase of training as well yeah i think on that from my experience if you speak to any athlete who plays any sport like my my background is primarily soccer but i've worked with a lot of athletes across other sports and if you speak to anyone who wasn't strong and they were performing at a similar level to where they are now and they are strong now they will all say they feel better for that they feel strong obviously they feel stronger but they feel more robust and less likely to get hurt they feel more able to tolerate training. They just feel like life is easier in general and they often feel like they perform better as well. Yeah, 100%. Well, yeah, and what we're saying is being strong underpins almost all other aspects of, of athleticism. So for a lot of athletes that we have in here that haven't reached a haven't reached a certain level of strength, they're not going to see those benefits until they take time to invest in strength training and actually gaining strength over time yeah and i think i think what i've noticed recently is the the conversation around the value of strength training and more general training for specific sports be that soccer footy footy seems to have pretty good uptake with it but say soccer is quite reluctant at times baseball you get a real sort of variety cricket you get a bit of variety as well um jiu-jitsu i'm seeing lately has like a, a really odd sort of hesitance to strength train given the nature of the sport that one baffles me a little bit as well yeah i think i think that's probably more to do with the demographic that gets into jiu-jitsu rather than the sport itself and jiu-jitsu is a young competitive sport relatively speaking like high level competitive professional jiu-jitsu hasn't existed very long we're saying high level competitive baseball soccer footy has existed for a long time do you think because 
in jiu-jitsu that you do get beat up so much during the sport that a lot of people don't want to feel more uncomfortable in the gym and we're doing more think, uncomfortable activities. I do think that's a big part of it because say like the amount of time that I spend strength training has definitely gone down since I started taking jiu-jitsu seriously but I still see the value in it obviously given my background but what I think that's one of the biggest things and I think as well like a lot of people go way down the rabbit hole of jiu-jitsu and they would most people are doing it recreationally and they would rather spend that time instead of strength training just doing more jiu-jitsu kind of thing where say in the more organized structured sports like soccer or baseball or whatever it's kind of it not always well accepted but a somewhat accepted part of the training regimen kind of thing where i think jiu-jitsu is still evolving into that yeah definitely but there's a there's a lack of nuance that comes into it so there's often that binary conversation of well why don't we just spend that time doing something else such as more of the sport or say we hear it in strength and conditioning a lot with they need to be fast more than they need to be strong it's like well you don't have to choose if we both are good do both 100% so and like I I see your programs up close and you see my programs up close we come at this from a similar point of view you don't have to choose strength training or speed training like they're absolutely compatible because the interference effect one is massively overblown and two those two things even on the old school interference effect don't actually compete particularly and being a well well rounded athlete in your sport means you will need both those physiological qualities that do compete compete with each other so like how do you how do you just go one down one way or the other I don't, I, that's something i don't understand and i don't agree with i think you be you, i think you should choose to be good at both instead of being great at one unless you have a predisposition to be a super fast with the athlete then i wouldn't say go down the rabbit hole of you need to make your weakness a strength yeah yeah and i think as well so you get you get the false sort of dichotomies like that of and then you also get the the argument in favor of specificity where people say but that's not going to help them be a better player you know like when um Maurizio Sarri come out years ago about Chelsea not lifting when he was the coach there because I've never seen a weight on a football field and there was a lot of people up in arms but there's also a lot of people going well it wouldn't make Eden Hazard any better so what's the point it's like no it won't make him any better but it's not that's not what it's there for we can we're not making more available and obviously the, one of the best sayings in SSC is the best availability is the best ability is availability 100% and you know it, it's not going to make you a better baseballer it's not going to make me a better jiu-jitsu practitioner either but it is going to facilitate my ability to tolerate jiu-jitsu and your ability to tolerate baseball and a soccer player's ability to tolerate soccer training. And that training is going to make them better at their sport. Definitely. And I think the level the level of strength for different athletes in different sports will be at different tolerances. 100%. Like, uh, soccer, football players aren't going to be as tolerable to heavy max strength training as baseballers are. So we train them in a different manner that suits them and suits what they're comfortable with. That's it. Where with baseballers on my end, we do have a lot of athletes that can handle a lot of intensity and a lot of load in a weekly training session. Yeah. And I think, like you said, it's a continuum. You know, if you, if you get a super... An athlete that's been pulled in lots of different directions, like classic examples, footy player, AFL, lots and lots of different demands. They've got huge running volumes. They have to do a lot of that at high speed and they have to have a high level of hypertrophy and they have to be strong. There's only so much left to dedicate to strength training energy-wise, input-wise. Yeah. With baseball, the... Unless they're a pitcher, and even then, it's still a different demand. Like, there's a bit more in the tank probably to dedicate towards strength training kind of thing. So, you can push it there. And then, further down the continuum, if you go to, like, an American football lineman, that guy just has to be bullshit strong. 
it's just how it works you can't perform that role well if you're weak but I think like we said there's that false dichotomy of oh it's it's not going to help them it will it's just not it's obviously not going to make you have a better swing a better throwing motion necessarily more velo unless you're starting real weak and it's not going to make me more likely to hit submissions or get out of pins but it does make life easier in general and it also facilitates high training yeah, definitely. Because a lot's been made of that relationship that you see argued about in the literature of at what point does getting stronger no longer make you faster or more powerful? That's for people in literature to argue, not me. There's a bunch of different numbers getting thrown around. The best one I've seen is 1.4 as it relates to speed. but uh, 1.4 times body weight, that is. But being stronger continuously makes you more robust. So you're less likely to suffer those overuse injuries if you have strong joints. I do feel like a lot of people who argue, um, there are a lot of good coaches and a lot of good practitioners that do argue other means of strength training other than heavy max strength training. Um, But I feel like the athletes who argue that they don't need or don't want to do max strength training haven't got to a point to see the benefits of being being stronger in their sport. 100%. And I think it's one of those things that, yeah, you don't have to squat triple body weight. You don't have to bench press double body weight to be able to say you got the benefits and whatever. But if you get to a point where you can trap by deadlift one and a half times your body weight, that's going to be better for you in terms of a robustness point of view than not being able to do your body weight, for example. And if you get people who really want to push this, I think sometimes people get caught from one environment trying to extrapolate from a completely different environment. So... The Eden Hazard example was sorry. When people go, oh, I wouldn't help Eden Hazard. It's like, that guy's an outlier. There's only one of them. Yeah. So you can't really try and say, oh, it doesn't work for him. It won't work for me. And people say, who was the, was it Iverson? Who didn't believe in like any other general training than playing basketball? Alan Iverson? Yeah. I'm not too sure, mate. One of them was, I think it might've been him. Might've been famous. Someone was famous for saying, I don't do any of that shit. I just play basketball. It's like, that's cool, bro. But there's only one of, let's say it is Iverson. There's only one of him. Yeah. You know, I think Gretzky said something similar. It's like, that's cool, bro. But you're not as good at hockey as Wayne Gretzky was. If you want to try that, you can see how much doing more of that activity hurts the body. William Wayland said it really well during the week on um, Instagram. He goes, the number one reason for golfers getting hurt, because he works with the England Professional Tour, the number one reason golfers get hurt is playing too much golf. Or strength. Not, not too much strength training. Yeah, and if you give them a little bit of strength training, you know, uh, properly programmed, sufficiently set up, not going crazy on it, but giving them the benefits, then they can tolerate more golf. Yeah. Isn't, isn't that exactly the goal kind of yeah. thing? And, you know, we had this conversation yesterday off mic about what hurts baseballers the most. It's often too much throwing. Too, because, too much of the sport. It's, yeah. al- it's always, in most cases, not always, it's going to be too much of the sport. Yeah. And probably not enough of slow, slow strength training. And, and, you know, from my experience in soccer, having seen it soccer at a US college environment, at professional Australian environment, at MPL level and with friends of mine that have gone to other environments, played overseas professionally in, in multiple different countries, soccer's the same. It's always too much football that gets them hurt. In jiu-jitsu, it's a running joke that people get hurt in jiu-jitsu. It's just like an accepted part of the sport, which I don't think is great, but that's where we're at with it. People go, ha-ha, you get hurt. I'm going to come back and roll anyway. You know, like If we can do something that helps that, it's actually strength training. It's not that strength training doesn't benefit them. It's one generation removed from direct performance but it immediately facilitates more direct performance kind of thing definitely and i think that's just almost touching on the low like the low benefits of everything where if you do i'm just doing more of your sports 
you can't really cover any movement comp- like m- movement what's the word I'm looking for what it's it's an it's in, in, in movement inefficiencies like that would address with strength training or with isolated yeah. strength training through particular it's inherently one sided because like, and what, like we said yesterday sort of that if you go they have to be they're supposed to be a footballer what's the point of making them lift weights because they're meant to be a footballer not a weightlifter which is a false dichotomy like we said but the logical endpoint of that stream of conversation that argument is that nothing other than their sport is worth doing and if you go to anybody who's ever worked in a high performance environment even slightly and say should a footy player soccer player rugby player cricket player anybody only practice their sport and do nothing else you would get looked at like a weirdo rightfully and you you're going to hurt a lot of athletes so I think we there's many examples of people doing SNC wrong and some people do get carried away in the wrong direction whatever but doing a minimal effective dose basic program is going to help most athletes yeah. I think where it goes wrong is often trying to do too much in SNC and I do understand the arguments against that but it doesn't make any sense to me personally that we would suggest that the this the best way to train is to only ever play your sport and do that because look at the state of people's bodies when they do that. You, know, you just say break down and break down. Because you look at, you know, like NBA, and I just said we can't use elite examples to extrapolate, but I'm not talking about one player. I'm talking about the whole setup or Major League Baseball, even um, professional baseball in America where they play, you know, well north of 150 games a year. If they didn't train and all they did was that, they would break down. You know, hypothetically, you try and get a guy to play every game of a professional baseball season, regardless of position, say play 168 games in a row and don't do any other training, that guy will break. Yeah, any sport with a hectic schedule like that, they're still getting in the gym, even on on game days, because they have to, it's one of the only times they can get in, they're still getting in the gym on game days to get a stimulus other than their sport to stay healthy. It might not be chasing strength, with intensity in season, it might be something like maintaining or phasing out things in and out just so they can use any underpinning qualities to play their sport for a long time. 100%. And if the only worthwhile training was more of the sport, elite teams would only employ sports coaches and they wouldn't use such a gigantic section of their budget to use things like strength and conditioning and all the offshoots that come with that of non-specific training. Where straight, straight, we still see it in grassroots sports where sports coaches have to, they obviously have to take the role sometimes because the resources aren't there. But we see what happens when coaches try and coach the sport and the physical side of the sport as well. And I'm not saying in all cases, but in a lot of cases, it's just not a good mix. And it comes from not from a lack of understanding, but a lack of resources on their part of what they need to bring to. And I think in terms of that, like that, that's why there was success with something like the FIFA 11 that come out. And a lot of S&C coaches at a good level looked at the FIFA 11 and laughed, thought they were a bit too good for it kind of thing. But the nature of grassroots sports is that they don't get any of that exposure oftentimes to strength and conditioning or anything resembling it. FIFA 11 comes out, which if, you, if you're not familiar with it, is just a really basic bodyweight program, strength work for soccer players. And it's like Copenhagen's bodyweight squats and squat jumps, calf raises, etc. Super base. It takes you like 10 minutes. They trialed it with a bunch of teams at grassroots level and found the injury rate went markedly down. Yeah. And that, that's exactly the argument. You do a tiny bit of general work and you get this massive benefit. Yeah. You know, so obviously it 
at our environment at AAC with a lot of people we work with, we perform heavy strength work because we feel that's the most appropriate for those people. But the benefit is clear because FIFA 11 was designed to be run with junior players, so inherently it's quite light. But a little bit of general work goes a long way to enhancing the performance in a specific sense. Yeah. Because you can't perform specifically if you're injured. Obviously, other coaches come into training programs for their athletes with their own biases. I'm, I've always been a big strength guy, but I think that comes down to anecdotally for myself. I'm only athletic because I've gotten strong. Yeah. Um, in almost everything I do, everything, every sort of activity I've done that has been remotely athletic is because I got strong beforehand. And that's not the case for everyone, true, but it is going to help a lot of athletes, even if they are athletic beforehand. Definitely, definitely. And I think as well, I think... There's some logistical kind of environment factors that probably don't get enough attention paid to them because one of the smaller things that sort of led to this conversation just at a casual level between Jazz and myself was getting players ready, oftentimes in baseball, like the best baseball players in Australia will broadly go to America. That's what they're looking to do. That's where the elite level of baseball is in the world. So if if you're going to send players to college, like say we did with Darcy Barry, there's a reality of what college training looks like in most places. Him getting strong here really really strong will help him with his schedule over there 100% they're going to go to a, a much much more chaotic schedule in America than they are expected to perform in Australia and the reality of American strength and conditioning coaches in terms of the environment like like you just said everywhere's got its own biases every person's got his own biases the American environment in college especially has its own biases towards strength heavy barbell work if we're going to send a player there, we have to prepare them for that because otherwise they're going to get a terrible shock to the system. And the nature of college athletics and the strength and conditioning budgets over there mean that there's often, in the environment I worked in, there was two full-time coaches trying to take care of 400 athletes. Yeah. They're not getting individualized programs. That's not possible. So if if we sent Darcy hypothetically to an environment like that where he's not being exposed to it... What's the best thing we can give you? He's going to get there and they're going to say, too bad, do it anyway. Yeah. So it's in his best interest that we prepare him for that. Even if we might like to, we're gonna have to compromise somewhere in between. Because the cold pragmatic reality is we have to prepare him for that. And if we don't, we're doing him a disservice because we're only gonna break him later down the line. Good thing in our case, Darcy Barry is a speed and power freak. So luckily he didn't take anything away from any other quality. You get a piece of clay like Darcy, who's just a freak, how good. But not everybody's in that boat, you know. And it, if I went over to that environment as a player, lucky I'm no good at sport, but that doesn't work when you're built like me versus when you're built like Darcy. Yeah. And, you know, the future of that happening for Max, et cetera, those, those examples go on kind of thing. So. Yeah, and it's given, uh, for these young athletes as well, I think, being strong in the gym will help them be more confident as an athlete as well. Just the psychological side, knowing that they have the body to hold their own out there with bigger, stronger athletes from bigger gene pools. 100%. And, you know, take the example of baseball. Like, a lot of players in baseball demonstrate that they have the potential to go on and be an elite player fairly young because it's such a technical sport. Because someone like a Drew Davies, who when the time he's 14, you look at that guy and go, that kid's elite. If you don't take that 14-year-old kid and help him develop his or her body throughout their teenage years as best they can, they're so far behind they'll never catch up. Yeah. Where you look at the the body that Drew walked into the gym with versus the body that Drew's walking around in now, it's two different people. Yeah. But he needs that if he's going to go play in the States and compete with those. Yeah, being, being bigger, faster, stronger, almost, in, in most cases, will not be a bad thing. Setting up for a healthier life as well. If, if it turns out that his career is not in baseball, hopefully it is, 
But if he doesn't end up being a career professional baseballer, then he's in better shape, he's healthier, he's stronger, he's more well for that experience. And he's also got a better understanding of training that might underpin a lifelong health as well. 100%. I think one of the biggest takeaways from here would be go down the rabbit hole of strength training, try it when you have the opportunity and see what it does for you. Almost guarantee that there's only going to be benefits. And, and I think uh, that's really good advice for young coaches as well in SNC that you should spend some time trying to get strong. And again, that doesn't mean you have to go back squat, triple body weight, become a power lifter, whatever. If you want to do that, do it. You and me both did. Yeah. But go experience some heavy strength training and see what it feels like to put some really heavy weight on your back and try and pick up some really heavy weight and feel what that's like. And then you'll better be able to integrate it into your athletes' programs as well. Yeah, and you should also know what bad strength training is as well 100% I've done plenty of it I did small of you did small of no small of was awesome you do it you hate it you love it it's a bit of both and then you come out and go I'll never do that with an athlete and in terms of my, my main anecdote with strength training like we sort of used a lot of baseball examples getting ready people uh, for baseballers to go play in America but I know personally a footballer that I worked with professional at the time I worked with him still professional now national teamer for the team he plays for went from the environment where I worked with him went overseas and the strength training was radically different and all of a sudden when he wasn't performing regular strength training and being um, when strength and conditioning at a decent level wasn't made accessible to him he started getting niggling overuse injuries like shin splints knee tendinopathy stuff like that had to recontact the strength and conditioning coach that we worked with together yeah. to write his program overseas yeah. so that, that in and of itself I know it's N equals 1 but that was a player who was more of a Darcy Barry type, quick twitch, thin, dominant speed, yeah. not naturally particularly strong, only needed to do a little bit of strength work because the club we worked out together, he did one day a week of it. But that was enough to ward off shin splints, knee tendinopathies, those little things. Glute tendinopathy was a particular problem for this guy. All of a sudden does one day of strength work again overseas in Europe, not injured anymore. I think that's the best one thing that gets me. So one day of, strength, of heavy strength training is, that's plenty for a lot of people. You know, so, that's that's another example and we probably underestimated in hindsight the the emphasis that gets put on strength and conditioning in australia versus what does in europe so and you know it did a massive disservice this player was lucky that he could contact my former boss and his former snc coach and say hey can you write me a program and that was able to happen but when i was with the youth team at adelaide united i went in and i just got them boys strong we didn't worry we did a little bit of jumping but we just did general strength work back squats for sets of five didn't you have soccer players back squatting 183 i had two players do that oliver zaffaridi's no longer playing shout out to zaffa he back squatted 185 for a triple and so did cliff Maynard, who's now working in player wellness but did some time in snc as well he back squatted 185 on the same day for a triple right after zaffa and both still played npl up until recently Yep, Cliffy played professionally in America and Zaffa played MPL for a long time. Both were very good players, both really good blokes too. But um, it shows if, and in hindsight, I probably didn't need to get them that strong, but both of them continued to run faster and faster throughout that program. Yeah. Neither of them suffered long-term injuries in the time that, I don't actually think they suffered long-term injuries after. And I'm not saying that's just me, but I think the strength is involved. And we basically, we took a group of players who as an average probably back squatted 40 or 50 for three or five to a group that was squatting 125 plus for five. Because, and that strength benefited them. In hindsight, I'd probably do a little less strength work. Maybe I went overboard. But I think what I learned was that strength broadly helped that group. And we noticed them get broadly less on the field, the confidence aspect, 
their power expression. There was a lot of good stuff that came off the back yeah, of that. Definitely. So that's our opinion on general strength training for more for team sports mostly. Let us know what you think, disagree, agree. Happy to have a conversation with anybody that had a listen. Hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you next time.